Welcome to Inside Out. Without prejudice or boundaries, this space is for raw and vulnerable conversations surrounding health, mental well-being, relationships, parenthood, and so much more. Our goal is to deliver a conversation that will educate and empower you through shared experiences told by inspiring and relatable guests. My name is Chris. I'm a wife, mum, and stepmom who is on a personal journey that cultivates a life of alignment and intention. I hope these conversations encourage you to do the same. Let's dive deep into today's episode. Hey guys, and welcome back to Inside Out. Today's episode is a replay from the Wellness Reset Group. The interview is with Dr. Kirsty Seawood, who is a dietitian and behavioral scientist. Now, if you've been with me for a little while, you will know that Kirsty and I shared a conversation on this podcast 18 months ago. She was one of the first guests I ever interviewed, and I really wanted to reshare her journey with you simply because she has changed so much in the last 18 months. She has changed physically and emotionally and had a real awakening these last um, couple of years. So I really wanted to share these experiences with you and basically share where she's at at the moment with her work and her mission. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Um, thanks for joining us in the Wellness Research Group today. I have had you on the potty before, but I wanted to share your, a bit of your mission and your message with my group of girls because I feel like you know, the last 12 months I've watched you grow personally and you've gone through a lot of changes in development and as well as physical, all the things you've been going through. So I want to share your journey with the girls as well as your work. So your your message and your mission. So before we dive into some hot topics like body image and diet culture and all the things, yeah, let's hear a little on you, who you are, where you're from. Sure, where do I start? Um, <laughs> I've got to brush up on my intro. Um, so I, my name is Kirsty, Kirsty Seward, Dr. Kirsty Seward. I've been a dietitian for almost 10 years now. Um, I also have a PhD in behaviour science, um, but then I also have also upskilled in doing um, body image healing coaching and also trauma-informed nutrition care. So um, I've my journey through my exploit journey, which I'm sure some of you that are watching may have already seen, um, and my own body image healing over the past 18 months um, has really helped me expand my business and grow as a human, like you said. And what I offer now is so different to what I was, uh, what I've previously offered, and it's really embodying myself as mm. for who I am and my authentic self, which is now what I support for women who I get to coach to do the same. Yeah, it's so amazing because, you know, through your work, you're obviously an accredited dietitian, which is firstly incredible on its own with the work that you've done over the last decade, right? So you have done so much education to back yourself Mm -hmm. and to thrive in your business. And now you're pivoting and shifting a little bit into more mindfulness. So it's like you're not just a dietitian, you're a mindset coach as well, which now we are seeing that that is impacting so much of our body image and how we see and love ourselves, how we feel our bodies, how we nourish our bodies. Um, so yeah, it's sort of, it's crazy how it's integrating now in that role and how much mm. I think that people gain from working with coaches like yourself, or you're not just mm. a coach, you're a dietitian, right? But um, yeah, working with someone like yourself, that's not just writing a set menu plan for them to change their diet. You're actually changing their life on a holistic basis. Yeah. And I think to be honest, Chris, it's always kind of the way I practice. Like I always did a lot of the mindfulness stuff and with my PhD in behavior change I always understood that there was a whole lot more to it than just Mm -hmm. here's your plan here's this diet 
here's your exercise plan, follow this. Like I always knew that. It was just I was afraid to show up for all that I really was. Mm. Um, and embodying that and like being like, this is who I really am and this is what I enjoy teaching and this is where I know I can lead women. So in terms of dietitian stuff, I still touch on that now in my coaching, but a lot of the coaching I do and when we step into the body image healing space, it's really about learning who we are and understanding who we are and shedding a lot of those layers and labels we put on ourselves to allow us to show up as ourselves and for ourselves. Mm. And then we start understanding, like, why do we show up the way that we do and why do we self-sabotage? Why do we have these limiting beliefs? Um, which when we can unblock all that and unravel mm. all that and find who we are at a core and start rebuilding the relationship with ourselves we actually find we step into these behaviors and taking care of ourselves so much more easily with so much less resistance because we honor ourselves from that core level not from the external validation we're see we may be seeking or to be enough or good enough or pretty enough or fit enough we're doing it because we actually honor our body and ourselves totally i think or to um something that i've learned recently or not recently um but limiting beliefs and stemming from conditioning and the social mm. constructs of society right now but also noticing that our imprint years are between zero to seven years old so the way that we see ourselves the the actions that we place surrounding body image and food choices and loving ourselves are imprinted from zero to seven years old Mm. and it's so interesting to go backwards to that to that younger version of yourself and do the work when you you know you're going through a healing journey um i think i've touched on this before in this group but i have been doing a lot of breath work and i have a breath works mm, amazing yeah and she is amazing and the hardest part and challenge of the breath work when we're in it and it's almost like i'm i'm not unconscious but i am definitely in a different different zone mm, right different brain waves yeah right yeah in different mm. frequency and when she takes me back to my younger self, if I become so emotional and like she wants you to take me back to like, okay, now you're 10. Okay. Now you're seven. Now you're five. And it's so funny how we actually, or our bodies remember that feeling and how we saw ourselves then and those um, traumas that we had around us in those environments and things, because on the day to day, I don't think about my five-year-old self and what I was, how I saw myself and the choices I was making. Um, but my body remembers it. So it's an incredible healing experience going backwards. Yeah, and that's a lot of the work I do now. It's really because the first step when we look at ourselves or health, like really should be understanding our nervous system and calming our nervous system. Mm -hmm. And when our body's stuck in that trauma response, which we're usually not even aware of, which is why we subconsciously sabotage ourselves or have these limiting beliefs because we don't actually understand or have never unraveled where they've come from. And a lot of the time it is, it is between those zero to seven years, but we also mm-hmm. as well um, go back to in, in the womb and our mother carries us. So the frequency she carried during when she was carrying us or growing us, we actually get that as well passed down mm-hmm. to us when we're born. So we carry any traumas that she was going through through her time of pregnancy. We also subconsciously bring that into our frequency as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, all the conditioning um, that gets, that we're exposed to and then all the layers we place on ourselves and size expectations like not feeling good enough not feeling seen not feeling heard it's usually coming back to those younger years or when didn't I feel safe or when didn't I feel heard and it's not your fault or anyone's fault you didn't feel safe or heard um, because you didn't have the awareness at that age to really come back and say 
into your body and say to your your soul essentially yeah. i am safe and i am okay yeah so like understanding such that a and- big responsibility right so mm. you know and even for me as a parent but also dealing the work on myself and healing my own shit from my own parents mm. sorry mom i know you'll watch this <laughs> You I always course. say that when I talk about it. I'm like, I love you, mum. Love you, mum. But you've got some traumas for me there. No, um, you're you're a fantastic mum. You are a fantastic mum. Love you. And um, I notice when I'm triggered and how I'm handling myself, and I'm like, oh crap! Like fast forward ten years, are they going to have traumas from my parenting? And it's really tricky to manage. It's it's something that I didn't envision when I became a mum. It's not something that was spoken about. It's like you're going to become a parent, and when you do all your shit's going to resurface and you're going to be going through that and parenting. Yeah. <laughs> and when, yeah, and when as humans um, or as spiritual beings, like we're always communicating with each other as, as an energy, like we're communicating with each other's frequencies. So the, And we can only control our present state, right? We have full power to control our present state. We get stuck in suffering when we live in the past and we also can't predict the future. All we have is this present moment. And the, we have complete control over our present state. Mm-hmm. The more balanced and calm we can feel or the more we can feel our true emotions, which we were never really taught, right? We are never really taught to feel our emotions because um, they only last 30 to 60 seconds max. you just got to sit with them and feel them and then you can shift them. Right. So it's their energy in motion. So they have to be moved. They have to be felt and moved. Otherwise, they store as that trauma and that's so how we get that disconnect. And then that fear to kind of listen to our body and to trust our body. And then we get all this conditioning and programming to say, eat this certain way, look this certain way, do this. But we're so disconnected to how our body's actually feeling mm. energy-wise and energetically that, um, we sh- yeah, we, we don't show up as our best self. Mm. But we find ourselves constantly self-sabotaging when we get to a certain ceiling or point. It's just like, I just can't push past this point. And it's like, mm. every time I get there, I'm like, well, what's the trauma that's sitting there? Because your body's trying to keep you safe. It's sitting at this certain level. So what mm. is the actual fear? Because every kind of emotion we have, when is, it comes back to fear, really. Like, think about all the limiting beliefs you have. They come back to fear. So like, why do you fear taking that to the next level? Why do you fear actually being successful? Why do you fear actually being able to implement these changes and sitting with them? Um, and coming back to that and shifting well what what is that story behind that and shifting that I think another way that this could look and show up in your life and is the cycle of wellness abuse as well like I've been through Mm. you've been through it um, where you are trying every single different way diet under the sun every fad that comes up you're always doing the next best thing it's never sustainable Um, and I think that's part of it's definitely part of the reason why I created this program is because it's never I've never found a movement that was one size fits all and that I've stuck at forever. I will never do CrossFit forever. I'm never going to do high intensity workouts forever. I'm, it's never sustainable unless you are consistently changing things up and integrating it in a way that it suits you and that you enjoy and you're not pushing your body or yeah. completely burning yourself out. Um, just so everyone has a bit of background, Kirst and I grew up together and we were really close when I was probably oh, 20, 21, maybe around then. So like a little, like eight years ago, got really, really yeah. close again. And, um, and yeah, we were at the time, unbeknownst to us, I don't know, we didn't know this at the time, it was very subconsciously done, um, but we definitely were in a toxic relationship in terms of double sessions at the gym and pushing each other to be accountable to do that. 
eating ridiculously clean and prepping these clean, healthy meals of a nighttime together that was like broccoli and fish or, you know, chicken breast and we're all, you know, don't put sauce on it. Sauces has too many yeah. calories. Um, yeah. And then, you know, getting dressed up on a Saturday and going and sloshing ourselves on a Saturday silly and being like, hey, let's start this process again. Let's go and train mm. and burn ourselves out because we want to lose weight. We want to look a certain way. Um, so I think for me and for you, we've both suffered with that extremity of, disordered eating and disordered body body image as well definitely and then for me obviously the next step was getting implants and then Mm. becoming unwell from those again trying to feel that I was good enough or that I fitted the mold of of being accepted and belonging which is what we all crave right as humans we crave connection being accepted and belonging um and yeah these um diets or fads that we get in or these challenges and programs it's like they don't allow for the expansion of you as a human being and they don't even allow you to honor yourself for who you are like they are that one size fits all all or nothing kind of approach where you and I've seen it time and time again over the last 10 years and that's why I do the work that I do um and that's why I created the membership that I created because I wanted women to have a safe space to really find something that works for them, but know that they're allowed to evolve and that can change at any time as well. Mm-hmm. And what we, what movement we enjoy this month may be different to next month, but also understanding yourself energetically as well um, and, and getting in, back in tune with your body, listening to your body, like understanding your cycle, understanding how different foods make you feel um, and feeling safe back in your body. Mm-hmm. And knowing that you're so much more than just your physical appearance, because it's not fun being stuck in that space, but also it's so hard to break out of. Mm, it absolutely is. So initially with your work um, a couple of years ago with Revive Nutrition and Health, you started mm-hmm. going into the message of food freedom. And this is something that I'm really passionate mm-hmm. about sharing too, because I, whilst I think there is a place, and I think you'll agree with me, there is a place for calorie counting, macros, things like that. I do support that for myself when I need it. Um, I can manage it accordingly as to not be addicted to those um, behavioral mm-hmm. patterns, which is really good. I know a lot of people can't. So I love that I can jump back on to be like, okay, I'm not getting enough protein. That's why I have no energy and I know that and I need to manage that I need numbers I need to be able to see it in front of me I'm a visual person um and I suppose food freedom can also relate to intuitive eating but I would love to know with your message what does food freedom actually look like food freedom for me um I see it as um not so much like the calorie macro counting like I do talk about that in my program not for a sense that I encourage clients to track, I think more for the understanding of food Mm -hmm. and the energy density of different foods. Mm -hmm. But food freedom for me is really about doing what honours you. Um, And when you get back in tune with your body and start listening to your hunger and fullness cues, for example, um, and when you start feeling your emotions, um, I feel like a lot, or it's true, it's evidence shows a lot of diets and stuff is a way for us to numb. Same as over-exercising is a way for us to numb. Same as binge-watching TV is a way for us to numb. Same as not having those difficult conversations or, or going back to those toxic relationships. They're all ways for us to numb our two emotions because they sit us, they keep us sitting in that comfortable frequency mm-hmm. around what you feel safe. Um, so true food freedom is where you understand food, but you don't you use food to nourish and help you feel vitalized, like for vitality and for nourishment and for enjoyment and pleasure as well. But you don't, use it to cope with your emotions or to hide to like you're not seeking food food is no longer a comfort to mm-hmm. to cope with something mm-hmm. it's more for nourishment and when you change your relationship and also the relationship you have with yourself because mm-hmm. if you have a, if you have if you improve your self-worth or get back to your self-worth and your self-love and self-care 
you show up for yourself so much authentically and so much more genuinely than if you're doing it for external reasons. Mm. So your relationship with food is actually a mirror of your relationship with yourself. So, and if it's really restricted, like if you're someone that's stuck in diet culture at the moment and you're not allowing kind of any fun or flexibility in there, or it's quite like it's the all or nothing, good, bad food, where are you showing up like that elsewhere in your life? Mm. Or, where, or what element of your life are you ignoring and not having those difficult conversations or shifting that energy because you're trying to control food and your body over here because you're usually hiding from something over there. Right. And that's what, that's what we need to talk about mm. because you can do all the meal plans and diets in the world, but that's still not going to shift how you actually feel inside. Do you think that need for control reverts back to um, feeding our ego? Definitely, definitely, definitely. And our ego is there. Our ego is not there to harm us. It's, it's like it keeps us safe, right? And when we understand our ego, we can start to work with it and being like, okay, why am I triggered by that? Or why, is, why am I having that thought or that belief? Like what, and it usually comes back again to fear or it comes back to, um, so if someone triggers us, for example, it's a beautiful opportunity for us to look within and be like, well, why are they triggering me? So for example, um, if someone's, showing up wearing what they want feeling so confident being themselves and you're like how is she, like why why is she wearing that what is she doing we've all been there we've all yeah. judged someone right that's a perfect opportunity for you to look in and be like well, why am I judging where am I not giving my that permission to myself where am I not showing up authentically um or where am I not letting myself fully be seen somewhere yeah 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 that, I love that yeah that control definitely comes back to our ego, but we've put our ego there because we actually have never been taught how to feel our emotions or how to come back within to ourselves. Right. And Yeah. So that, that connection that when we're coming back into ourselves, what are some strategies that you mm. have in your place for yourself, but then strategies that you may be more simplified that you have in place for clients? Yeah. So meditation is one, which is like, it shifts everything. Mm. Um, and it's, it's something as well with diet, diet culture and um we're stuck in that instant gratification world right where it's like I need to see it straight away otherwise I've failed or it's mm. like I need to hit my calories and macros because then I've, I've achieved something it's that instant gratification that little tick next to something we've done well right um so meditation is like a practice that helps us sit within our body like it's a formal practice where we sit in our body and we have to be present in that moment and through repetitive daily meditation you start clearing these thoughts and understanding your thoughts and emotions. Mm. Plus you also, you teach your body to sit and to actually feel your body, which honestly, what we try to try to do these days is constantly distract. We'll go, we'll start scrolling. The minute, minute there's any silence or sitting still, we'll start scrolling or we'll watch TV or we'll go to the cupboard for food or we'll do something, just anything to sit still in our body and actually feel it. Mm. Mm. We all are so avoidant in so many ways. Yeah. Right. And we can't shift something until we feel it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't feel safe in our body until we actually start feeling our body and giving ourselves that time to sit with our body. Mm. And in our, our we're ninety five percent subconscious, right? We're run ninety five percent we're not even they're not conscious thoughts that's happening. So if we don't understand our thoughts or if we're we're constantly then gonna go back to running an autopilot and we're gonna keep keep repeating the same loops the same patterns and never get past that feeling that we keep hitting because we're not actually aware of what's showing up on a deeper level mm, yeah but meditation yeah okay. meditation is that formal practice where you sit there and you teach your body that you're actually in control of it 
yeah. rather than or like you or you're safe to feel it rather than you trying to distract all the time and do something else just not to sit in it yeah. um and then what meditation does the formal practice it actually then ripples through our day and we start showing up more present throughout the day so we find that we're more at peace and we start responding not reacting to things and we can't actually make intentional health decisions or even intentional decisions for ourselves if we're not in the present moment if we're living and suffering in, in the past or if we're projecting into the future we're not being intentional in this present moment Correct. and all we have is this present moment absolutely um i know that you well you're the dietitian approved person that's in the, in the program so you've approved all the nourishment tips and tricks and things mm. In the mindfulness setting, something that I really wanted to deliver in this group and meditation, something that's made waves for me, but it has taken mm. years to get to this point. Now in saying that mm. I don't sit and meditate for 20 minutes. I don't have 20 minutes to meditate. I sometimes get two minutes to work out. So mm. with that, I really noticed over the better part of the last decade, how every time I would go on this little wellness, you know, wheel of I'm going to meditate, you know, for however many days. And I would think that I'd have to show it in a particular way. So I couldn't just do as I advocate for stand in the shower of the night and let go of the day, let the water rush over your face, 60 seconds breath. That's all it takes to let go. But I would think that I was doing it wrong and that wasn't enough. And then you're on that cycle of abuse where you're showing up and feeling like you failed every day because you never fully do what everyone's telling you to do. But meditation, noticing meditation is simply, as you said, being present and still and being really self-aware. And even if your mind's racing, I actually put up a reel on the weekend about meditation as a joke, like, you know, your mind goes in a million different directions, but just being hyper aware of where am I? How do I feel? Listening to your body, listening to your heart beating. Mm-hmm. It could be 60 seconds. It could be six minutes, whatever it looks like for you, but making sure that you are making space in your day, whatever time frame that is, to integrate it into your everyday. Um, this morning, yeah. for me, I'd done 11 minutes of breath work. It was just the Wim Hof YouTube thing. It's three rounds of breath. It's super easy to do, and I can always find the space and time to do it. I love breath work because it's a fast release for me it takes me into a meditative state of mind so I'm totally zenned out my anxiety goes away and so it's three rounds of breath with breath holds in the middle I'm not sure if you've done it before yeah yeah it's really good I might put it put it in the comments of this Mm. uh, this chat but yeah and by the the second round I think the second breath hold um this morning I just felt my entire body completely let go now up until that point my mind was racing 100 miles an hour I was thinking of all I was making mental notes of my to-do list and things um and then I'm like oh is that a kid awake who's awake who could that be like what footsteps was that oh there's a bird over there oh you know your mind just goes wild so yeah I just loved it by the second round I was just like ah so it does work it doesn't have to be an hour of you know holding your fingers up and doing hums and that's that's the thing like it's like we've always got these rules around what it has to look like and for everyone it's so it's so different and Mm. it's about connecting back to yourself and but also doing it like we can learn, learn, learn and learn, but it's the implementation where we really grow. So mm-hmm. it's the doing of it and it's mm-hmm. showing up. And, and the, like, the more you show up for yourself in these little things, like these little mindfulness things, the more self-trust you build. Mm-hmm. And we give away our trust when we get stuck in diet culture. We mm-hmm. give our trust. We give all these external rules yeah. and, and people, places, things, their power over us. And we, we take away our own self-trust. So it's doing these daily little things that just build that self-trust of like, oh, I showed up for myself for five minutes today. Yeah, and I think within diet culture, we've also gotten confused with the point of, you know, getting a personal trainer or going to a gym where we're all doing it for accountability, right, so that we answer to someone and that we, we remain disciplined and committed to our goals. 
But I think, like you've just said, you also then put the complete trust and responsibility in someone else. So we're just expecting that they're going to fix all our problems. Yeah. And, and physically, that's what that we expect from them. But then emotionally, we're connecting it to that as well. Yeah. So the three things I work on is work through with my with the women that I coach is awareness to bring the awareness to like your thoughts, emotions, feelings, having acceptance of them, just being able to sit in the moment and label it and say, I'm feeling this right now, accepting that you're feeling it or accepting the situation and then taking action with radical ownership. So Mm -hmm. action to kind of stay the same and keep doing the same thing or action to change, action to do something and own it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's um, really important. So meditation is a beautiful way to start listening to your body and start bringing awareness. Where am I feeling tension? Where am I feeling pain? What thoughts are running through my head? And just bringing awareness to those. Another really simple thing is just setting an alarm every few hours. And when that goes off, just sitting, taking a deep breath and being like, how's my body feeling right now? What emotions or thoughts am I having right now? Are they positive or negative? Okay, yeah. if negative feelings keep coming up or thoughts, what do I need to work on or how can I reframe these? Because mm. our, our conditioned state as society and as women, is we're conditioned to think negative. So we need to consciously shift that and change that. We actually have to be intentional about shifting that and we can't be intentional about shifting until we're present. Yes, absolutely. So just digressing a little bit um, back to, I suppose, the diet culture and yeah surrounding food and nourishment mm-hmm. what are some really simple steps that you implement to start awareness in your everyday with your clients specifically noticing that we have these toxic habits um but they're not allowing addictive behaviors to control these these habits and changing them yeah. essentially yeah so a big one with food that has come up a lot actually recently recently with clients and the more i've delved into it as well is this thing called play like having joy like sparking joy and play in your life um because it's a big thing in diet culture it's like cheat meals like you get to enjoy yourself one meal a week or like or that 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 snack is cheating or like these are like you can have this you can have that donut if you've done this exercise yeah so if you find yourself if you find yourself then like trying to restrict those certain foods because you should naturally like when you break free from diet culture and you find reconnect with yourself in your body all foods become neutral and you start seeing them with this different lens of like there's no good or bad like yes there's more nutritional and lower lower nutritional quality but they're all kind of neutral in terms of the emotion you attach to them right and you can make those decisions in the present moment Mm -hmm. so if you're someone who's finding you're quite restricted around food and have all of these rules and um, finding that you're looking for, because then if you don't have play in your life somewhere else, like if you're not intentionally having fun or um, doing things that bring you joy, food can be is a way that you'll get that. So you'll binge maybe on those foods that you're trying to avoid or telling yourself are only cheat meals. So have a look at play and how you talk about, like how you label foods as like good or bad or fun foods even. And then have a look at the rest of your life and be like, well, where am I actually just laughing during my day? Where am I having fun? Like, why am I taking it so seriously all the time? Mm. Because if you take yourself and everything so seriously, that's what the universe will bring back to you. And everyone else will start to mirror back to you seriousness and no fun and, and rigid and rules and restriction because that's what you're putting on yourself. So with food, it's just a mirror of the relationship we have with ourselves. Mm, that's so interesting. So in your... Yeah. When you're managing with your clients and you're going, so what does it look like from, I suppose, in a snapshot of from start to finish with them 
them approaching you and saying, hey, I've got this problem. Mm. Do they come to you for weight loss? Do they come for you? Like, why are they coming to you in the first place? And then how do you go through your strategies with them? And how long is that? What period of time, sorry, is that over? Yeah, so it's, it's very different. Um, um, so the way I would once practice is so different to mm. now because as you can see, we're talking about nervous system regulation. We're talking about trauma. We're talking about relationship with self um, and then mirroring that relationship with food. So I offer a few different things. I've got my membership, which is $8 a week, which is just a community of women where you get monthly recipes, live Q&A with me, um, and a monthly masterclass with myself or guest experts. So I've had I've got a money coach talking in there tonight, for example, mm. around money mindset. Um, so that you can start there if you just want a taste of like stepping into this awareness um, and consciousness and mindset stuff. Um, or I've got my 12-week online program, which guides you through the process of really shifting you out of that all or nothing mentality, reconnecting to your body just through like your hunger and fullness cues and feeling your emotions. And then it goes into nutrition and building balanced meals and I guess everything that I'd want you over my 10 years experience to know about nutrition, like from a deep level. And then wellness and self-care, so sleep, hydration, movement, hormones and cycle health and that stuff. Mm -hmm. But from one-on-one clients, if you came to me, then we would have a session and be like, well, where are you, like, where are you at? Like, and energetically as well. Like, how are you showing up for yourself? And where are all these external influences? Like, where are you even honouring yourself? And that's what I find with women that I support. We're so, so stuck in giving ourselves to other people. We can't actually give ourselves fully to those people that we love and those things that we love if we don't give to ourselves first. So it's like it's that whole shift in um, in mindset and relation reconnecting with self. It's mm. putting yourself first and then seeing how that mirrors back. Yeah, um, for me recently, um, I am someone that puts everyone before myself, and I, you know, I do preach self care, I do preach self love, and that's what I'm all about in this group of women is to take care of yourself first and make time for you. And I've always done that in a really easy way for me. Going to the gym is a non-negotiable. Um, cooking a healthy meal is a non-negotiable. I cook three, four meals differently every night. Last night I cooked five different meals for my family mm-hmm. because I eat something and they all eat something else. Um, whilst it infuriated me, I still did it because I wanted to make everybody happy, right? But what I also noticed yesterday is um, I went for a walk. I've been doing 5Ks a day as a Mm non-negotiable. I just decided one morning because I had some surgery, as you know, and I've not been able to do anything but walk, and I do not enjoy walking, but I want to force myself to enjoy it. I know. I I go insane. Well, I don't want to think. I don't want the space to think. I want to do Mm. it. I need to just get in and get it done, and then I get on to the next thing. But uh, yesterday was day 14, and... I really noticed on the walk I had no guilt because it takes 45 minutes, right? So I've got to go up mm. and down a track. Um, normally for me to take that time on my own, I would feel that I had to take a baby or I had to take a child because we've got the four mm. kids at home. Not that my husband isn't capable. He is totally capable of managing four children. He's a fantastic yeah. father. But when I would leave them, this guilt and this shame for taking that time for myself at the start was really hard to keep walking I found myself like turning around and going back and be like no 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 finish the walk he said go like yeah I know they're fine but for me I felt like I was doing something wrong and I really noticed on Sunday that I didn't feel that way and I reflected on how much that has been impacting me on the shame that I'm putting on myself no one else is putting it on me I'm putting it on me for leaving making that time and that commitment to myself um and even yesterday it was almost like 
I suppose a, a moment of stillness for me because I'm walking back, my headphones died, and I just looked yep. behind and looked at the birds and I'm listening to the train go past and I let my mind wander for the first time in a while and it didn't have negativity coming up in my energy. I felt really positive and I felt good thought, thoughts, um, which has never happened on a walk in my life, if I'm honest. Mm. <laughs> so 14 days of the same thing. And I, my aim is to get to 21. You know that for me, 21 yeah. days breaks any habits or creates yeah. new positive habits. So the 21 day mark, I feel like once I'm there, it's just going to be something I do. I've done in the rain already through in this 14 days and the rain in the wind. So can't get much harder than that. Mm. I think. And you said the word self-love before um, mm. and like self-care. Self-love, I think in like social media, I've got this, picture painted where it's like the bubble bath and the massages and all that all that like the nice pretty yeah (laughs) self-love is being able to show up for yourself and have those difficult conversations but with yourself just as much as you can have them with others the setting those boundaries with yourself because like when you reconnect yourself you know when you're not showing up 100 percent, but you also have compassion for yourself that you know what you're capable of showing up at Right. So then you know that like, well, I didn't do that walk today or I didn't get that half an hour of exercise in, but I achieved so much over here. Or mm-hmm. I had to actually sleep in today because I was I was actually I gave so much of myself yesterday. Totally. So to get to this reconnection, state of reconnection and, and real self love to me is like that ability to show up for yourself but also show up with love and compassion and meet yourself. Where at the level that level that like pushes you, but also you have full compassion for yourself. Oh, I love that so much. Definitely, um, yeah. I think self love can show up in many different forms, and buying mm. yourself a bunch of flowers, or you know, just taking yeah. a moment out the back with a coffee, or a glass mm. of wine, or a margarita at midday, whatever floats your boat. You know, just really understanding that self love can show up in many different forms, and it's not a one size fits all. Yeah, and you don't have to like, stop comparing it to what that looks like for someone else as well. Um, because like you said before, um, you're the only one putting that. It's, it's hard to hear, right, that we're the only mm. ones that are putting that pressure on ourselves or that shame mm. or that guilt or those labels. We're the only ones holding ourselves back. Mm. Like, um, and business is a perfect example for me. Like for so long I held on to that dietitian label when really – I knew I was so much more. I was just so afraid to step into what I, my true potential, which mm. is the body image healing and this stuff that I do now. But it's like, well, I thought everyone was only seeing me as that because that's the label I was putting on myself. Mm. The moment I let go of that label, like the ease and the flow then came. Mm. So when we look at our relationship with exercise and food, the moment you attach a label to something, you put that, Think of the pressure or that relationship you put back, you attach to it or that emotion you attach to it. Yeah. And then if there is something there, then dive in and ask yourself why. Like why do I have the connection to this? Mm. Like where is this showing up? And with food, it usually comes back to like food was either used as a reward or a treat when you were growing up. Like if you're good, you get this. Um, or you don't get this until you finish your dinner. Or if we think body image, it's like we grew up with these messages of being like – skinny equals healthy or nothing feels as good as skinny or even and people not intentionally putting these messages into us but being like are you sure you want to eat that or mm-hmm. um you've put on like you've gained a bit of weight are you okay like it's it's like this these messages are constantly coming back to us so there's when we're going to get in this diet culture or really wanting to change our body ask yourself why am i doing this mm-hmm. what am i actually seeking by doing this yeah and if it's like I'm, I want to be 
accepted. It's like, well, why can't I accept myself right now? Because if you can't accept yourself right now, even if you lose the five kilos, you're still not going to be able to accept yourself mm, totally. until you reconnect. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like for me, um, I've been at both ends of the scale where I was mm. really unhappy and overweight and I've also been the leanest I've ever been and really yeah. unhappy. Um, so both ends have shown me that I, it's not a particular physical thing that's going to make me happy with myself as my internal work. So I definitely know that. Um, have you found in your experience with your clients, have you found that when people are doing this work and going inward on their self-love journey and things and healing with body image, that they're actually meeting their goals in terms of weight loss and things throughout this transformation? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, so trauma holds on. Trauma stores in our body as well. Um, and often what we find as well is um, when clients have been at previously like their leanest weight or a, where a weight where they feel their best at, and then they've gained some weight and now they feel uncomfortable. Um, and that's okay to say as well. Like you're actually okay. It's You're allowed to change your body and want to lose weight. Like that's actually okay. I know in the world right now, like yeah, I feel I, a lot of clients feel shamed when they want to actually change their body. I actually so, just had a conversation. Yeah. The podcast comes out in a couple of weeks where we touched on body positivity and mm. how that is actually at the moment, it's almost like a buzzword in society. And it's like, man, like obesity is not healthy. Let's talk about that for a second. That's still not healthy. You can be plus size and be really healthy. That's cool. But don't tell yeah. me that your organs are doing well. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is no like one size for health. Like, and we can't keep using weight to define our health or an image to define health. Agree, it's yeah. Like, health is a number of things and it's not just a physical concept. It's like we've got to look at well-being, mental health, spiritual health, connection, um, all that stuff as well. So, but the, and whenever I talk about body image and I say this all the time, like, there is this pressure when you say body positivity, um, and this is why I use body image healing, um, that you have to be positive about your body all the time. But when you're connected to your body and actually sit in that body image healing, it, it ebbs and flows. So it's about being quite neutral and knowing that you're going to have the positive days and you're also going to have the harder days, but knowing that that's an ebb and flow. And when you're in a relationship, like think of a core relationship in your life, your emotions ebb and flow, right? It's not always positive. It's tough sometimes, but you know that overall, it's like if you love each other and you show up for each other, it ebbs and flows and it works out. Yeah, right. So why don't we think about that when it comes to ourselves? Mm. Like we're not always going to have, we're not always going to be positive about ourselves, but we we just know that those hard days are going to be there. But it's about having the tools and understanding that and being able to work our way out of that as well. Yeah. Like roll with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, body. That's why I say body image healing because with he this healing work and this inner work, it doesn't end. Like there isn't, and that's what diet culture does. It's like do this for six or eight weeks and then you're done. You've ticked a box and you've achieved it. Like with healing is that word where it's like there is no end point because you're constantly evolving. Right. And our bodies evolve as well over time to serve us at that moment in life, each phase of our lives. Um, so the concept of like being a mum and having to bounce back, like that pressure is just ridiculous. I haven't experienced it yet. Um, but it's just, it's about rechanging that body and understanding that it's showing up for us um, every single day. And I did a, I was at a retreat on the weekend and spoke heavily into this. And um, we grow up a lot of the time showing love or doing things with conditions. And diet culture is a perfect example of that. It's like you do this workout, you get this food, you hit these calories, you've done well. 
Um, it's Saturday, you can have that cheat meal. That's conditional love. It's conditions, right? So it's really hard because our body, like to connect with our body at times because it shows us unconditional love. No matter what we do to it, it shows up every day. Mm. So to have something do that to you when you're so used to conditions, it's actually no wonder why we take it for granted because we're not actually used to something continuously showing up for us no matter how we treat it. Mm. So it's so healing connecting back to our body and back to ourselves mm. because but then it also shadows back a lot of or mirrors back like where the other conditions are in our lives. So around simple things like where do we let ourselves have fun? Mm. Having fun isn't going to the hairdressers, by the way. Yeah, and that's why I pull it back to that feeling of joy. Like what mm. brings you joy? Because that looks different for everyone. Um, but again, we have so many conditions on when we're allowed to feel joy. It's like once I do all these 10 things on my to-do list, then I can go for that. Then I can go and sit and have my coffee in the sun or then I can do this. It's like, well, no, we've got it wrong. Like we should be including these things and feeling joy. Like that's our birthright to feel joy. We're allowed mm. to feel that. And like, so just have a think about where, like if especially if you're in stuck in that diet culture is where are the other conditions showing up in your life as well right yeah totally curse yeah. I could talk to you all day I feel like we could I know hours it's such a big conversation to have so there's definitely more room here and I think that we'll have a chat maybe in the new year again but thank you so so much for coming on today I'm sure that everyone has gotten so much out of this conversation um but yeah it's been lovely talking to you thank you and I will just say one more thing um I'm really big on journaling like it's it's and I talk about it all the time it's the one thing um, when I was going through my breast implant illness and was booking my explant surgery, um, it was like I finally knew that I had to just come back and listen to my own voice and mm. stop listening to everyone else's and just what do I, who am I? Like mm. trying to understand myself. So journaling was my first step at doing that. Um, so if, if any, if you want to start anywhere, and Chris, I'm sure you promote this already. I've yeah, seen yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Journaling is a really good, like just ask yourself, like well, how did I, how did I show up today? Where did my energy go? What went well today? What would I want to change um, for tomorrow? This daily practice of just reconnecting with yourself, you'll start seeing where your thoughts and behaviours are coming from. Mm. And then once you bring awareness to them, you can sit in acceptance and then take action. Oh, I love it so much. Now, for everyone um, who doesn't have Kirsty on social media, she just created her very mm. own journal mm. reflection um, booklet. It is incredible. And I, yeah, definitely think that you guys should jump over to her page, have a look at it. It looks so beautiful. You've created some Thank you for so that. Thank you so much for today. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.